0: So, I had my first art show. What? Oh, my God. How was it? Was it amazing? Did you wear a beret?
1: No. Why didn't I wear a beret? I didn't, <laughs> you know, I thought about a monocle, and I just, I just forgot about it. It went really well. I was in an art sale. I got a lot of interest in, like, future commissions because, shameless plugs, I do watercolors of pets, mostly dogs.
0: And it's amazing. I have things that she has done of my pets, and they are...
1: Here's a satisfied customer right here.
0: I get um, multiple different artists to do pictures of my black cats because they don't take good pictures, and the best ones I've ever gotten are from Wendy.
1: Oh, <laughs> sweet. Five star, right? hmm
0: Five star would buy again.
1: <laughs> so I was like taking names if they wanted to um, have custom portraits made for their pets, and um, one guy was like, so where is your studio located? And I was like, ooh, my studio. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I just really wanted to, like, pull out a cigarette holder, you know, and take, like, a puff and be like, prog, darling. <laughs> <laughs> On my couch in front of my TV while watching Great British Bake Off. <laughs>
0: Wendy and Alana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent literary podcast. This is Series One, Season Two, Episode Ten of our romance novel-focused two-person book club podcast. My name is Alana, and I'm one of your hosts today. And I'm Wendy, your other host. Today we are discussing Own the Wind by Kristen Ashley. And I want to say before that is that, full disclosure, you are now speaking not to just someone who is currently running for public office, but you are speaking to an elected official. Ooh, what I know. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm so proud of you. I know. Thanks, thanks. I know. It's pretty surreal. Um... Becoming an elected official is, like, level 20 adulthood. Um, like, just in general. Like, it's a level of adult that, like, my parents have never even yeah. been. Like, they're, like...
1: You're in like, the extra credit zone. Like, you're not yeah, even... Yeah, You're, like, four star plus.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I've moved into honors adulthood. Honors you know? adulthood. Right. Oh, my God. That's totally <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Like for us, accelerated. Our us accelerated through our so that we, uh, we can adult even harder from the rest of you.
1: Accelerated adulterers. God damn it, Alana, <laughs> you just <laughs> overachieve in everything, don't you? You just can't just regular achieve. <laughs> it's like I can't adult today. Well, I can, and I am doing it better than everyone.
0: I have to tell you, I was sitting in my office on a Friday after having taught a class as, like, you know, a tenured professor, um, you know, at my desk on a Friday, and I heard a noise that even slightly sounded like an ice cream truck coming from my window, (laughs) and I literally jumped up and ran to the window to see if it had indeed been an ice cream chuck. It is November, and there is snow on the ground in Indiana, and I just needed to know if there was an ice cream chuck, and I was about ready to check if there was cash in my wallet. So clearly, the adulting only goes so far.
1: That's what we need, though. That's what we need. More people like you that will happily take on the burden of representing our fellow citizens. And also be excited about ice cream trucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can see myself in like a county council meeting and be like, hang on, excuse me, (laughs) gentlemen. I hear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would like a tutti frutti, please. All right, back to the budget. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What about the Mickey Mouse ears one? Yeah, that would be awesome if you were like just like licking on that while talking about the budget.
0: Yeah, like, they'd be like, uh, do we have a quorum? And then I'd look around, you know, like, my ice cream truck. <laughs> my ice cream. Like, like, it'd be the the really silly ice cream, you know, like the Mickey Mouse or the, the Choco Sponge Taco. SpongeBob. <laughs> just be like, just be like crunching on my Choco Taco <laughs> <laughs> uh, That
1: would so great. Well, congratulations, Lana. I'm glad that thanks. you're taking up the mantle of being... Oh, no part of our sad little government.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I don't start until January and right now I have I have a little bit of the dog that caught the car feeling <laughs> in which I'm like what? Yeah. Like 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 there's got to be more levels to this, right? Like, right?
1: And you're in a swing like, anyway. state too, so
0: I I am. I am in a a well, I'm not even a swing state. I'm in a, an area that went pretty solidly red except for a little blue in Tippecanoe County. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we we had a great night. We had a little mini blue wave here in Tippecanoe County, but uh, the rest of the state, it was it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, um, we lost our Democrat senator. Um, so, but I mean, it was gonna be it was gonna be close either way. I think a lot of people respected him, but not enough to vote for him. That was the problem. And that's like, you got to take your wins when you do. You are you live in a red state. I live in a yeah. red state. You got to take your wins where they're at, you know? It's true.
1: I didn't have to deal with this when I lived in Oregon. I just always I knew they were going to be blue. And then I
0: was okay. I know. It was, I used to, I described election night um, as a little bit like you're at an airport when you hang out with the Democratic Party. You're, you're at an airport where everyone's train is delayed, but they don't know for how long. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Being a Democrat in a right red state,
0: you're like, oh, we're gonna something apocalyptic is gonna happen. I just don't know what. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Before we go, um, uh, what are you drinking? What oh, are you yeah. drinking, Wendy?
1: Um, I'm drinking Dr Pepper and whiskey, which I enjoy.
0: Mm, that is a good mix. I asked my husband Matthew, "What should I make for a motorcycle romance novel book?" And I was looking up things. And he's like, you make a (laughs) sidecar. And I'm like, yes! So I made a sidecar. I I called it a side motorcycle because I don't actually know what a sidecar on a motorcycle is. I think it's just a sidecar. Yeah,
1: that's what a sidecar is. I think it's just a sidecar. That's what a sidecar is. I always think of um, Indiana Jones and the third one, you know? Because he's like hanging out out of a sidecar and he's pretty bitter about it because he can't be a man and drive the motorcycle he has to be in the sidecar (laughs) that's what i think of in my head when i hear sidecar and that's how i remember it but yeah that it does have to do with motorcycles so you get also extra credit for puns
0: Yay, more <laughs> extra credit. Um, anyway, so I made a version of a sidecar where you take out the cognac and you add in apple brandy instead because it's fall. Um, so I did a shot of apple brandy, a third of a shot's triple sec, a shot of lemon juice and a shot of simple syrup. And if you like kind of that, um that like pucker apple taste, um like you like that taste a lot more, I did a second version of this. So I made this earlier today. And then when I made it again... I took out the simple syrup and um it's pretty tasty. It's 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 it really accentuates. It's a much more lemony drink. And before I did that, I was looking up Sidecar and I was like, you know, cocktail is a is a weird word, right? It is. It's got cock- that cocktail
1: in it, which is already bad. And then you have yeah, the tail. And, and you're like yeah. this is just two bad things together.
0: Yeah. So as a as a side bonus rant today, I looked up on Wikipedia and then I had to do further research on the origins of the term cocktail cuz it is a crazy ride. <laughs> so buckle your seat belts for this one. All right. The,
1: the Etymology Express.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. So the etymology, first of all, Wikipedia says the origin of the word cocktail is disputed. And they could have stopped there. Mm-hmm. But they they a lot of people have tried to figure out what it is. So the first recorded years of cocktail not referring to a horse is found in March 20th, 1798. Mr. Pitt, two petite vers of la fine venus. Ditto, one petite amour. Ditto a cocktail, vul- vulgary called ginger. And if that doesn't make any sense, I will explain. First of all, cocktail comes from cocking the tails of horses. Meaning, which is how you show that they were not thoroughbred. So a cocktail drink may have referred to the fact that it was a low brow drink <laughs> because it involved mixing different liqueurs together mm-hmm. um and then the other thing that it was called was l- the vulgarly called ginger may refer to the fact that um to kind of like wake up horses they used to give them ginger suppositories <laughs> which on behalf of all humans i apologize <laughs> to all horses sorry guys for doing that sorry why would you do that why would you do that? I, I don't anyway, to make them more lively. So, people used to put ginger in their alcoholic beverages to give it a kind of energy type kick. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they stopped putting in ginger and they started putting in bitters, because that's the important origin of a cocktail, which is crazy. That <laughs> is so crazy. Okay. And then maybe
1: they started putting bitters in the cocktail and then just use the ginger for their own suppositories.
0: Yeah, you know, like, like, come on. Okay, but it gets weirder as well. The Oxford English Dictionary, all right, everyone loves the OECD. You must know this about librarians. They love them. Cites um, the word origin, originating in the U.S. And the first recorded use of cocktail as a beverage in the United States it, it par- appeals in the Farmer's Cabinet, 1803. Quote, Drink a glass of cocktail, excellent for the head. Called the doctor, found Burnham. He was very wise. Drink another glass of cocktail. <laughs> so, and and a, and a cocktail is a similar is a is a stimulating liqueur. Mm-hmm. It's often called a bittered sing and. Actually, this is the part, it comes from, um, and this is about electioneering, which works with the fact that I just told you I went for elected office. <laughs> it's supposedly good for electioneering potion, as it renders the heart stout and bold, at the same time fuddles the head. It is said, also, of great use to the Democratic candidate, <laughs> because a person, having swallowed a glass of it, is ready to swallow anything else. Oh, oh, oh. bird. <laughs> 1806. <laughs> but other people believe that the actual term did not re- originate here, but rather originated in um New Orleans and is a bastardization of I believe the word cocktail, which is the name for the glass. Further people have theorized <laughs> that that um that it comes from the term uh corruption of the term cock ale. Cock ale <laughs> is a ale that has basically chicken in it. What? Which is like, see, which is like, also, why have we not moved into meat cocktails yet? Like, that seems (laughs) like a natural movement. That seems
1: like the next, the next hipster craze. The,
0: the, yeah, the logical next
1: Farm-raised chicken ale.
0: We also, we missed a great opportunity, Wendy, when we went to St. Louis. Uh Apparently the first cocktail party ever was in St. Louis. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And the house where that cocktail was, the mansion, still stays. Oh,
1: my God.
0: It's the Archbishop's house now. So we could have gone on a wily thing trying to break into the Archbishop of St. Louis's house. That's That's where they had the first cocktail ever. That's great. We should do that. (laughs) This is really fun. I read, like, I started this just like, oh, I wonder where it comes from. 45 minutes later, still on Wikipedia. (laughs)
1: Still there. I also go down etymological rabbit holes. That's only that's <laughs> only nerd nerd things, nerd things as, that happen. As it is true,
0: nerd things that happen. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, thank you for enlightening us about the wonderful. Work. I love it when I love it when resources say some might think this, and I'm like, somebody just made that fucking up. Like, don't repeat something that they made up. Like, I don't know, cocktails with a cock and a tail in it. You know, like somebody could have said yeah. that, but they didn't because it's stupid. So it wasn't written down in your Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, the TLDR of that situation as well is like, don't let drunk people name things. Because <laughs> yeah. they won't remember when they wake up. They're like, what was the name of that drink you drank? They're I like, I, know. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know.
1: know. I don't know. Cocktail? Cock, cock something? Cock? Mm-hmm. Sidecar? Sidecar? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I feel Enlightened. And smarter than ever. So,
0: so we. I, I just want to get kind of to the to the main uh, gist of this of this um area in which we read today. We're doing biker romance, mm-hmm. um, and we're reading "Own the Wind" by C- Kristen Ashley. And specifically, this includes a little bit of um of of something that you've observed, Wendy, before, which is the uh, friend to the family, you Ugh. know, like a brother to me. It's called
1: Uh, this subgenre is called she's like a sister to me (laughs) or when childhood friends become creepy. (laughs) So like in this book in particular, um, so she's the daughter of a. The head of a motorcycle gang. And he is a young recruit. And she has a big old crush on him. And she's 16 and he's 19. I think. He might be older than 19. Whatever it is. uh,
0: I don't remember. Yeah.
1: Anyway, she's like crushing on him really hard. And then finally he just like calls her on it. And then he's a dick to her too. Like he like shows her like he calls her like a hoochie or something like he calls her slut and it's just it's just really unpleasant and then they like you know never talk to each other again and then it's like this cat and mouse game for the next like 15 years or whatever but so this this happens a lot this This, you know, oh, childhood friend so innocent or like even creepier. It's, oh, childhood with an older guy. The girl definitely has a crush on him. And he's like, no, I totally don't want to do 16-year-olds, but I will do you at 18 (laughs) (laughs) when I realize you are a woman, quote, unquote. So um that's just, it's just creepy. I just wanted to like bring it out and talk about it like good points and bad points you know how do you feel about that trope alana
0: i i always found it weird like especially when they're like you know i've loved you from the moment i i met you but when you met me i was you know 15 yeah that's gross (laughs) it's just it's something in which they're like try, they're like wanting to have their cake and eat it too Mm-hmm. like they'll wait a couple of years like to make the romance less creepy but it's still like a weird possession thing mm-hmm. and then there's like the he reminds me of my father
1: yeah. which the this book had it too
0: yeah or she reminds me of my mother like he literally like steals his mother his dead mother's earrings back from his aunt oh so he can God. give it to her like that was a little bit like and then
1: he like, puts them on and then they have sex okay that would be like <laughs> i would be like oh honey that's so sweet and then he'd be like put this on and i'd be like oh wait huh what
0: where are we going with this? yeah i would i like at that point i was like girl <laughs> put on those earrings and then get the fuck out of there <laughs> Like, come Just on. a little,
1: little creepy. Just a little creepy. A little creepy. I don't know. I feel creepy. like the the larger the, I think the creepiness lands in the larger the age difference is. And it's funny when you can get into paranormal romances because the age difference astronomical. You know? I yeah. mean, <laughs> for instance, the <laughs> creepiest version of this is, you know, our favorite book, Twilight, when <laughs> Jacob falls in love with a embryo <laughs> she is a fetus, and he imprints on her, and he's like, I don't know twenty something, but yeah. it's just it's just not okay, man. Like I don't care about your mystical imprinting bullshit. It's just not okay to imprint on a fetus, also, my favorite part of that of the entire series of that movie is when uh Bella finds out and she goes you imprinted on my daughter and for some reason i always think it she's saying you pooped on my daughter <laughs> like it kind of sounds similar what but I, in some ways it's it's kind of sweet you know like when like two kids grow up together and they like hate each other and then they're like friends or they like you know sort of have a cute little romance and then they grow up as adults and then they actually fall in love you know mm-hmm. but also it's kind of creepy
0: <laughs> especially when they're like you're like a sister to me and and like then they like go and they have sex and i'm like that's yeah. not that's not what sisters do
1: there's actually one yeah. book i was it was actually Shelley Lawrence's book he called her out, he called out this, this teenager who has a crush on the girl that's in his pack. And he's like, he's like, she's like a, and then the guy's like, don't you dare say she's like a sister to me. Cause we all know what that means. Uh, I think like one of the best versions I've seen of this is in Shelley Lawrenceton's main event, because like you want to, you want to have this idea that there is instant love, you know, like kind of, you kind of want to, protect the monogamous vibe of first come first serve you know where you where the first people they fall in love with is the people they're going to be with forever and childhood romances are kind of like the the precursor of of the the monogamous relationships so you can kind of believe that you know they've lived their entire lives being monogamous to each other you know (laughs) (laughs) As ridiculous as that sounds. (laughs) But in the main event, they were friends, but they were also like, they were friends and they were the same age, but they were also like, too awkward to do anything about it. Because he was an awkward teen. He was, like, too small. And he had this crazy hair. And she was an awkward teen. And she was, like, from the wrong side of the tracks. So they were just friends that just hung out together and, like, secretly liked each other until, like, shit went off. And then they met up later. But, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting trope. It always feels kind of incestuous. <laughs> Also, there's a lot of like my dad's friend or something. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah, my dad's friend is creepy. But at the same time, I mean, it's also like that, like in this book, it's supposed to show that they sort of understand each other more Mm -hmm. because they have this longer relationship, Um, which is like okay in a romance novel. There's also like the trope of the half sibling tension. But that's like not as cool when they like and-
1: literally grow up together, like they were born. Yeah,
0: <laughs> in yeah. The same family. yeah. <laughs>
1: and weird. then you're like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> also, I read. I wonder, like, the farther back you go into romance novels, you know, like 80s and 90s and 70s or whatever, the more relaxed it is about this this whole like she's a woman now and now I'm attracted to her thing
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: because I read a, a Mary Balog Balog where the girl is 15 and he's 23 and he's leaving and he's like oh my super best friend that I'm totally not into and then he like kisses her on the mouth and realizes <gasps> later like 10 years no 7 years later that he was actually love in love with her at that time I was like, no, no, let's not go there.
0: <laughs> that's not, let's <that's>
1: not. <laughs> I guess one of the, the good things about the this um, trope is that the women are always the aggressors in this. I mean, it's never like when the guy is the aggressor then it's creepy when the girl is an aggressor then it's like she's taking she's like i'm a woman now and i'm taking my womanhood by taking the man i like you know that kind of thing which can be brushing
0: yeah but it can also be like girl, girl. there are many other men out there yeah <laughs> Yeah, like like you know, you don't have to have the first one that you see. What?
1: That's a fun thing. That's- happens in uh yeah. Regency all the time.
0: Happens in Regency quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It was I was just thinking about we read that um kind of Regency romance novel earlier, I um and she she goes for like her like cousin or something, doesn't she? Which one? Something like her childhood friend. I'm trying to the one with the trains.
1: No, he goes for her.
0: Yeah, he, she's interested in the in surgeon, but
1: he's like, yeah, after a while, I have discovered that I love you. Oh, Gross. <laughs> eh, gross.
0: <laughs> so, I, I should say moving moving on that that this book is um this book is crossfire because <laughs> I did not like this book, and Wendy did I like liked- this book.
1: <laughs> this is one of those times when. People think I have a very bad taste level, and I think they're right. (laughs) Okay, I was all set up to hate it because it's a contemporary, and I already had read a Kristen Ashley, and I didn't like her. And um, then I started reading it, and I was like, wait, like, there's no plot here. Uh This is – are you telling me that this motorcycle genre – like, I don't know if it speaks for the whole genre, but this this book in particular is nothing but a whole bunch of dudes sitting around talking about their feelings in weird colloquial <laughs> pseudo-biker talk and just talking about how much they love each other and how they want to be best friends all the time.
0: That's literally, that is, that is literally the, the only real problem. In the whole book. They are literally like, I don't know if this is like, okay, if this is emblematic of the biker uh, genre very much, but my God, it was just a series of monologues. It really was exactly how they're going to work through their collective trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just always having breakthroughs in terms of how to work through all their issues. And
1: see, that's the problem, um, is that I I love that kind
0: of stuff. It was literally like, it was like listening to therapy. Like, other people's therapy. No. Where people had sex every once in a while. It was like emotion
1: porn. It was also <laughs> like, um, it was a lot like therapy, too, because... They had these moments that the first one I was like, wow, that's great. And the second one I was like, okay, it's not going to happen that much. But you know how like you never say what you really want to say. These dudes will come up to you and be like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you straight. And then they'll be like, (laughs) I love you, man. And I respect you, but we're just not going to do this. And I'm going to respect your boundaries and you're going to respect my boundaries. And that's the way it's going to be. And it's, like, a giant paragraph of them just, like, laying it all out, which is, is total fantasy, because you can never, like, actually lay it all out to someone else. And furthermore, yeah. you can't do it, and they would actually listen. Like, the idea that somebody would actually listen to this giant monologue of, like, that's how it's going to be, and I love you, man, like, that kind of bullshit, is just out of this world fan- fantastical. And that's why I love it, cause it was just fantasy. It was just, it was just a whole bunch of like shifters and vampires that they were wearing motorcycle gear, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Uh, I was like, we're not trying to be serious at all. We're just being uh, weird, <laughs>
0: making up weird shit. They literally just motorcycled places sometimes. Like,
1: yeah, like, there was no and they, motorcycling. And, and- like gang part like it was like every single boring part of sons of anarchy taken out and smooshed together and then like a few of the sex scenes
0: there was occasionally assault you have to you have to admit that there was occasionally assault on people that they did not like they beat up a couple of people. also it was
1: like the pacing is really weird in this book And I wonder if, like, I had been wondering if it was because of, is this her first book? Or is it just because it's the first in the series? Because we spent so much time on setting up that (laughs) relationship. And their, like, subsequent, um, you know, year after year... (laughs) Um, bullshit that they were going through. We didn't have any time for anything else. It was just like five years later, three years after that, another strange emotional encounter.
0: I would say based on just pacing that the climax of the books is when they have that battle. Oh
1: God, I was about... so over it by that time.
0: Oh no, not that um. battle. The, 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 the argument over him putting his clothes on the floor and not oh, in the basket. Yeah, that was. Do you that remember that that like big fight yeah. and then all the emotions back and forth? Yeah, about how they were gonna do that and what type of biker chick she wanted to be. That's tough. that was I think that was the uh, that was the climax
1: of this book. <laughs> it really was. It they get together like <laughs> halfway through, and I was like, <laughs> what could possibly be the rest of this book? Like I kept on thinking to myself, like you know how sometimes they put. Excerpts of books at the end of Kindle books. I was like, do they have like an entire book as an excerpt? <laughs> because this cannot be 50%. This must be 80%. It must be 90%. And no, it kept on going because it was like, happily ever after, they solved all their problems. Oh, no, wait. Now they're living together. Oh, no, wait. Now they're getting a house together. Oh, no, wait. Now they're yelling to each other about crushed ice in a refrigerator. <laughs> and then finally finally as if as if somebody reminded her that a book has plot line, she gets this call from her crazy um druggy best friend. And her best friend is in trouble, and then shit goes down, which, by the way, is like an entire cutout scene because it does not add anything to the previous part of the book, and she is hardly in it. Like she's she's a bystander the entire time. Like she's just like, gee, I really wish that she's okay, and then I really hope that my boyfriend's okay. <laughs> like she does nothing. She helps no way. She ruins things no way. The only way that this is about her at all is um, that what's her name is her friend. Um, and basically it's like the entire purpose, almost like transparently so, is to add some some kind of conflict somewhere at the end of the book and then also introduce this giant flood of new characters so that we can talk to talk about them later in next books.
0: Yeah, I also felt like it was also like she was having, she was pulling a J.K. Rowling, and she realized that she had all white characters, so she oh yeah a
1: oh that was, that was right tough. At the end.
0: Oh yeah <laughs> yeah I was like oh suddenly we have we have more than just the white characters we've had all book okay all right okay, all right okay. and
1: they're there and she called her sassy <laughs> she called the black woman sassy that's good
0: yep that was that was the thing she did yep. I I don't know. It was something about this, like, this scene as well, like this, like, weird Colorado thing where they're like, we have old types here in Colorado that, like, made me want to slap them, <laughs> like, in general in this book. Like, uh, there was also, I, I did find interesting, and maybe this is something in biker culture in general, because I found it, there was like, you know how we read these books not because they're good, but because there's sort of this delight in their vulgarity? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like biker, like a little bit bikerness, is about freedom and violence and things like that. But it seems like it's also about choosing the least classy things that you can. Like a lot of their things are this like black and purple color, and like some of their like design choices. I was like, oh, oh no, they're not gonna do that. Like they're not gonna buy okay, yeah. that settee or whatever. Or like when she she'd wear like cutoffs or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm like what is, what is going on? Um, and it was, like, a, a kind of interesting, like, glimpse into an entirely different class of white people than my own, and, like, how they make their decisions is just, was just very interesting to me. I, I sort of was like, oh, those are the people that buy, you know, the, the, the home, the home, you know, written out in cursive, like, signs at Walmart, like these are the people. It's um, just like
1: peeking did- into a new world. That's why it's also fantasy. Yeah. It's because you're peeking into a new world. You don't care if it, if it's accurate. You don't care if it makes any sense. You don't care if nothing happens except they they forget their pronouns. They don't. <laughs> they don't do anything mo- remotely related to motorcycle gangs. Except for wearing leather and talking about, like, honor.
0: <laughs> and occasionally having tattoos. They occasionally have tattoos.
1: Yeah. I'm talking about their cut all the time, which is their motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And that's why I loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's because in your head they were just shifters. Yeah. You could just control C. it's just like
1: switching out a new a new thing for a new thing you know oh what's this fun world I will say that this it's not this book in any way did not like encourage me to pick up more books of Kristen Al. maybe Kristen Ashley maybe I would listen to her stuff on audiobook but sure as I'm not interested enough to read anything or like pick something up because um, also, another thing is that mm-hmm. I remembered why I didn't like Kristen Ashley halfway through the book. Because the guys are always right. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah, the guys were always right. And it was annoying because also, like, they were, there were times in which the guys, like, just won arguments by default. Yeah. Like,. Like, they'd be, she'd be like, well, that's not what I want to do. And they're like, well, you chose this life. And she's like, you're right. I did. I was like, no, you didn't.
1: <laughs> he doesn't want to vacuum. And he uses his motorcycle gang to vac, to, like, absolve him from ever vacuuming. Like, you knew I was an asshole when you started dating me. No, I didn't know that you were an asshole that doesn't clean. Like, that's not Okay. <laughs> Just pick up your goddamn well, underwear.
0: And also, the circumstances in which they first get together—in which, all right, she's at some form of party with her bad influence friend Natalie, and and um, she's not supposed to be there. And he picks her up and takes her back to his like scuzzy compound place. And she basically says she doesn't want to sleep with him. And there's like a there's like a creepy pause where you can tell he's like not really quite sure about that. Um, like, it was that weird, scared, straight thing. Oh, God. Um, And it was gross. It was gross. Which, admittedly, like, it took a lot of the book for them to work through the trust issues that were created by that behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good, but, like, it's, it's kind of gross anyway. But, yeah, the thing that didn't appeal to me about biker romance in general is this, like sort of, like, strange alpha male hint of violence. Like, without her consent, he beats up her, basically one of her work co because mm-hmm. he doesn't treat her very nicely. Um, and up until that point, I was really enjoying the idea of an annoying coworker being, like, a sides plot in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of liked how real that was. Um, and I was really sad when they basically assaulted the guy and that was the end of it. And then, and then she's like, well, don't assault people without asking me. And they're like, we're bikers. That's what we do. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, you're right. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot it's, I've only spent all of my life in this culture. How could I forget? Dummy. Of course you're going to assault people. I tell you about, you know, like that whole thing was like, I don't know. I just couldn't take it. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's still not okay.
1: It's still not okay. Yeah, yeah. That was that was like every argument they had. Why do you do this fucked up thing? That's who I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not I was not sold on the biker life. I'm not gonna be an old lady. I don't think I'm gonna be an old lady.
0: Yeah, the old lady the Gross. The old lady, um biker biker babe like um, dichotomy was also not my favorite either yeah um uh in general
1: I feel like books like these um where it's like you you fixate on a really like alpha male masculine profession or whatever it's like it's it's fan fiction for like men can finally be men, you know <laughs> Which is not at all anything that I subscribe to. I feel like hypermasculinity, in my experience, has only shown that they become giant babies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like yeah, like it feeds itself, right? Like you have to continue to, to show your masculinity. It doesn't save you by being hyper masculine.
1: And so this is just another another skin to that hyper masculine Thing, But the the reason why I like hyper-masculine bullshit is because they usually realize that their masculinity fails them in some way. And so then they're like, but I actually love you, and I'm squishy inside. And then she goes, oh, it's okay, honey. But that's not what that was in this book, is that he was just right all the time, and he was super-masculine. Um yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. that's why I don't like Kristen Ashley because the men are just like weirdly masterful. And then that's it. That's all that happens. They're just like I'm dominant and that's good. Yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't like Kristen Ashley because the book that I read with her in it, I mean, that she wrote is called like Breathe or something the main character girl was a nerd and i just got like all upset about the whole quote-unquote quote nerd stuff you know like she had a battle star galactica figurine in her house that's a nerd okay (laughs) oh she was a librarian too oh man we should have read that Uh Lana.
0: Oh, man, we really should have we really should read that. I I think we should do God, there are so many library There's so novel. many. I got to I got to figure out which one we should read. That's a good idea. We need there to do it. Librarian because
1: ones. you know that there is I mean. one.
0: Well, and also cuz there's such a crossover crossover with nerd romance novels. Yeah.
1: We got to uh, do nerd subgenre sometime. Things. Do you want to hear my which favorite genre. part in the book?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right, so this is one of the many times that he um declares his love for her in one of his straightforward biker guy ways. Um because you think like halfway through the book they're like, "Oh, we love each other." Okay, that's great. Now we're together. Okay, everything's resolved. No. We need we nope. need multiple I love you scenes because we are mm-hmm. not convinced yet. So in this one like her so her past fiance who was like a straight-laced guy um died he was uh hit by a car or something <clears throat> and
0: he was in a uh, he was in a car accident yeah
1: and uh so she was talking about how she had a lot of guilt about um moving on from him and she was like you know what i finally realized that um that he would want me to be happy and so he would want me to move on and then he goes no <laughs> no way in hell i would want you to move on i was <laughs> like where is this going <laughs> and so then there's this part where he goes and so he's talking about um the idea of people moving on and he's like <clears throat> i've got to get my biker my biker yeah. persona down
0: Gruff Because they point. also
1: don't talk in pronouns either. You lost that guy? Respect. You found a strength to carry on. Know this, Tabby. I lost you? It would be 60 years of going through the motions. I know that in my dick. I know it in my gut. I know it in <laughs> my heart. I know it in my goddamn soul. <laughs> <laughs> You know it in your dick, huh?
0: I think he says that some other time in this book, and I was like, how do you know things in your dick? (laughs) He's got a brain. It's it's the biggest, it's it's the strangest way of saying something I've ever
1: heard. Well, he's got four things that know things. His dick, his gut, his heart, and his soul he doesn't he doesn't but not his, but head. Not his head he doesn't it's know that his in his brain his brains don't think how could you even say that to someone like i would not want you to move uh. on i would not move on like you can't you can't fucking predict that <laughs> it's so ridiculous and you know you know his his whole like theory behind going through the motions is to just bang everybody in sight because yeah, yeah. that's what guys like that always do. They're like, I've always loved you. I just have happened to be a man whore while I love you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's also in this book this weird universe where he he has this sort of like, like kind of like um, somewhat innocent relationship with her while he's banging someone else who <sighs> literally moved in with him. <laughs> and he doesn't see the problem with that until... They actually start like she's she comes over and she wants to to start a relationship, oh my God. and then he just she just dumps him like a pat. She just dumps Rosalie like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. But then but then he she feels remorse over it. But kind um, of not. But enough. it's mostly like <laughs> it's that thing where they see her and then the main character like is over fixated with the fact that she's both nice and hot. Ugh. Um. This yeah, this book has some issues with uh lady lady interaction. Mhm. Um though I did like the amount of conflict between the stepmom um who is married to her her biker biker king husband, a biker king father and uh with the main character. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was pretty good. I mean, there was clearly like a complicated relationship that I liked. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up um at the end of the book um uh they they go back after having retrieved Natalie and they and Malik says scared straight works honey and I looked at him and and he said seen it time and time oh again Oh my god. And I was like scared straight never never works. works ever. And the evidence and the evidence is in even this fictional story it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it really didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work for her
1: when oh, Shy tried to scare her straight. Yeah. It didn't work for the druggie who was trying to. Yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah it didn't I, work for
0: Natalie. I I also saw
1: that part and I was gonna mention it and then I forgot. But yeah. Yeah, I
0: was like, no, scared straight doesn't work. <laughs>
1: We actually have studies. It doesn't studies. even work. In Sometimes you feel like you need to like bring a whole bunch of printed out articles to someone and be like, "Look, <laughs> we have
0: studies." It
1: doesn't work. What you said doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I was just online and someone was talking about um I hate personality tests. Those are those are bad. Mm-hmm. But I also I also have like a personal like one of my pet peeves is the um the uh like the superhero posture one from the that that um, TED talk by someone Stephanie Cuddy I think mm. um like if you hold like this specific pose like you will feel more confident oh. <laughs> it's a TED talk and basically like it that the whole study she did has been like refuted multiple times in the literature mm-hmm. but like I still hear people telling them that like I'm like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> that has been shown not to work. <laughs> uh. yeah. And then I feel like like such a like a grammar gram you know, like like I'm pushing up my nerd glasses when I say that. Mm. But I'm like well, it's not not true. actually. Yeah, but when they said scared straight works, honey, I'm like, honey, it does not work. No. It didn't even work in the story. No. Like in your fictional universe it didn't even work.
1: No. It didn't. Uh. No, <laughs> <clears throat> that's so great. Yeah, there's there's a lot of slut shaming in this book too, which is like, at first I was disturbed by it, and then I was like, oh okay, so he he admits that he's in the wrong, so that's that's we're moving past it. And then I was also disturbed by it again, because there's that point where he was like, he was like, I'm gonna tell it to you straight, because <laughs> he always does that girl I'm gonna tell you too straight <laughs> and then he goes into a monologue and he was like that girl isn't worth isn't worth your worry and then she goes I know she's not and I was like you're, you're saying she's not she's not worth your worry because she got herself into a really bad situation that was also sexually fueled as well I was like that's not, you guys are just shaming her.
0: Yeah, and I don't know, like, if you give the story earlier, like, definitely everyone in this story kind of recreationally uses drugs on some level. I mean, um, they should. So no... <laughs> They're bikers, aren't <laughs> they? Yeah, and so, like, well, like, earlier they talked a little bit about, like, some things that What's Her Face, the main character, did. And then, but then, you know, clearly she's, like, her friend has gone off some sort of deep end um and but also like her friend cares about her and cares about her deeply um and and so like they kind of like throw that out in favor of like uh, like i feel like she like it's the story of like one woman slowly antagonizing her whole friend group <laughs> over this one guy yeah
1: i could see that
0: you know and they all just kind of wish the wish wish the best for her so i was like ah and I agree that there's, like, this dichotomy of all these women characters that aren't really characters, mm-hmm. um, and, and these male characters that aren't, I mean, they're sort of, like, archetypal as well, um, but, like, the lady characters, there's a couple of different, like, women characters who never get names, like, a couple of people who are in, um, uh, the main character, the main, uh, hero's bed at various times Oh, in the novel. God, that was the worst. Like, those characters never come back up, I'm like. They probably sleep around in that same biker gang. Like, you could have given them names. Yeah. There's also, like, there's an interesting thing of, like, the problem of that prostitution thing wasn't that she was having sex for money. Mm-hmm. The problem was that she, she might have sex with other women for money. Did
1: you catch that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite phrase, yeah. being force-fed pussy. That's that's yeah. a good phrase.
0: Yeah, like the fact that 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 she was having sex for money was not the problem, but that she would have to have sex with other women. Yeah. Like that was that required them to basically, you know, assault a bunch of different people. <laughs> which was like an interesting like what? Like that's the difference. Cause, not because she didn't want to do it, but because
1: it's incredibly demeaning
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah i just you know not convinced about this whole this whole biker masculinity thing oddly it's also like the mickey mouse club of biker clubs where they're like the most chill law-abiding people ever (laughs) you know
0: yeah they um they just want to run their shop yeah they just want um they just want to run their shop um, and occasionally assault doctors. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the only things they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to know more about the rules of bikerhood. Like, I'm like, okay, so what are the other things you guys are doing? You know, when are the meetings? <laughs>
1: um. And, you know, like, it sounds like there's a shit ton of rules, you know? And why is it for some reason, quote unquote, freedom to have a shit ton of rules?
0: Yeah, I don't know how that's, how that's freedom. I agree. That was kind of strange to me as well. (laughs) So
1: ridiculous. Also, the other thing is like, um, something that I always think of is like, you know, how do you write a war story from like the, the wife's point of view in the Civil War? You know, like she's sitting at home and she's waiting for him to come home and that's it you know like it's, it doesn't have any battles there's no there's no triumph there's no intrigue there's just her sitting at home waiting for him to get home and hoping he's not dead <laughs> and you know like oh i have to like go sow the fields now or something you know <laughs> like the i think that happens with this book where the woman's point of view from son- Sons of Anarchy is just extremely dull like it's just like guys talking <laughs> about feelings and them going well you can't know about that and so she goes okay I won't then <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool Cool. I'll see you when you get home and then she'd be like yeah when you know like maybe I want to know these things no you can't because this is the life you chose right, right. The oh, life yeah, I, chose. I forgot I forgot. <laughs> oh, Lord. <clears throat> yeah, so that was a good book. <laughs> it was very like I it was all about feelings and so you like you almost missed the genre ness of it. Yeah. Like it was just about feelings, which honestly, when you strip down regency romance novels shape romance novels. It's really about the interplay of feelings at its heart. Oh, yeah. And that's maybe the emotional release that we're all looking for. Oh, yeah. Though there was an awful lot of sex in this book, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and, and, like, detail sex. Like, there was... Um. So one of our, like, litmus tests is whether or not people put on condoms or discuss birth control. Mm-hmm. And that... Both of those things happened in this book. And
1: she got it out, like, right at the beginning so they could just have... She was like I'm on birth control and he's like okay well I'll take a test to make sure I'm clean and then they just like were right back at it all the time.
0: Yeah yeah um yeah
1: (laughs) yeah I think some of the things that were good about this book is like the tension between them the like you know the drama um, between the two characters. I, I liked that part. I didn't even really mind that it was like six months later, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't mind because that's why I come to romance novels. I come for the tension and the like, you know, back and forth. And then um, it got real boring halfway through the book. But I think it was still a quick read. Did you think it was a quick read? Or did you struggle through it?
0: I I don't know it's 400 pages um so I thought it it took a while <laughs> A lot of it is dialogue A lot of it was I I was able to get through it in about I think probably 2 or 3 days um because there is so much dialogue
1: the first half of it I got through really fast and then and then I was like okay, tension lifted, they're together now. What's the rest of this gonna be? <laughs> Apparently it's gonna be refrigerators and shootouts that she's not involved in. <laughs> oh Lord. But we're not we're not gonna do motorcycles next week.
0: No. Next month, um we are moving into a two parter in terms of genres. We're doing CEO. Um and we're doing so we're reading The Tycoon's Revenge and it's it's in the series Baby for the Billionaire number one. <laughs> um
1: so you know what the other subgenre is.
0: So you know what the other <laughs> one is. Um I'm gonna read a little bit about this book. <laughs> Jasmine Freeman's world is about to tumble down around her and the one responsible for it is none other than her first love, Derek Titan. Isn't that a great name? Derek Tycoon. Oh, yeah. Um, she hasn't seen him in 10 years, and they are both going to learn the truth of what happened back then. Jasmine grew up wealthy and oblivious to the destruction her father had caused all around him. Derek was the, from the wrong side of the tracks. In 10 years, their lives will be reversed. He is now the multi-billionaire tycoon, and she works hard, barely gets her dues, due to her father's unethical business practices. Derek comes seeking revenge and instead finds her half-grown son, her, his son, and, and the woman super who baby. he's been angry with for so many years is not who he thought she was. They fight for the passion they feel for each other, but in the end, it is irresistible. Awesome. And you are, and there's going to be a special guest. Tell us about our special guest, Wendy.
1: My friend Rosie is coming to be a special guest. She's super excited. She does not read fiction. Much less, much less romance. <laughs> so I'm really. Like, does she read
0: nonfiction? Like, what does she read? Um, I don't know if she's she she's
1: reading much these days. But yeah, she's a very and we will serious be person. In
0: three different time zones, right? We'll
1: yeah. time. <laughs> we need to find another person who's in mountain time. Because it's. Pacific time, central time, eastern time. So instead of being like, Alana and I make plans by going 5 p.m. my time, 6 p.m. your time. (laughs) So in this one, it was 3 p.m. your time, 5 p.m. my time, 6 p.m. your time. (laughs) Which is a a mouthful. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But I'm excited. I'm excited for the fresh ideas that are going to come from Rosie reading a romance novel. And this is, this seems like Harlequin worthy, like Uh. standard romance novel. Like it's not even one of those pseudo ones that we find sometimes.
0: It's also free on Kindle. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because you know that went well last time. (laughs) <laughs> thanks alana Uh
0: what did we read that was free on kindle i can't flame in the arrow oh god <laughs> that was so it bad. was really bad oh uh, uh so so look out for that ceo slash babies <laughs> which was
1: by the way really hard to find something that was not just a straight up knockoff of uh 50 shades of gray
0: oh yeah I still haven't read Fifty Shades but
1: you would love it you love Twilight
0: I I did like Twilight I I stand by that decision I did not need to read more of it I will have to see I if I like I hear that like the sex doesn't start until way late in Fifty Shades so I don't know if I can wait that long but maybe it's just people talking about their free their feelings I mean that's what you like I do like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um thank you for listening to getting lit available monthly on itunes for extra bonus features for this episode you can visit gwenwendycom slash s2 ep10 uh, where you can read more about wendy and also get the recipe for the cocktail you can also follow alana on twitter at librarian what's the best type of romance novel wendy the trashy kind <laughs> Deanna Lana's podcast. When Deanna Lana's podcast. Get little rebel. Get little Woo.
1: Okay, so Alana, when I was sick, I just binged watched all of the Outlander episodes that are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had been holding back for so long and then I was so fucking bored that I was so sick. I was just like, you know what? Never mind. I'm just going to watch all of them. So I just thought it was so hilarious how Claire moves to America in the 60s and becomes a surgeon and has like her own house and, you know, is just like, you know, living it up with all the benefits of a 1960s woman and then decides to go back to the 1600s. And I just thought that was hilarious and I needed to make a song about it. So here, for the first time ever, publicly, um, <laughs> there's a so- this is the song that I made up about Atlander. It will be off-key, even though I wrote the key. I stitched up soldiers 200 years apart, thumbed my nose at the British and the French, said, yes, we can, and became a surgeon, but all I want to do is be a wench. Be a wench! <laughs> um almost burned at the stake for having common sense been assaulted left it left for dead in a trench getting raped is a common occurrence but all i want to do is be a wench be a wench my highlander jamie is such great company Who cares if technically I'm his property? (laughs) But with that redhead in my bed, I can live with him instead of antibiotics, penicillin, civil rights, feminism, women's suffrage, the knowledge of germs. Basic plumbing, <laughs> potable water, refrigeration, air conditioning, ready to wear clothes, and electricity. <laughs> Cause all I want to do is be a wench.
0: Be a wench, yay!
1: <laughs> I have a PhD, but I want that D. <laughs> so (laughs) i'll be jamie alexander malcolm mckenzie's wench that was the encore (laughs) that's good right Uh, i love it (laughs) i love it too oh my god Uh, okay we can stop now